Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Let's welcome to the stage a good friend of mine. Her name is Nikki Groff. She was awarded the Lifetime Mastery Achievement Award last night. She uh, personally has funded about a billion dollars in loans, and uh, she did it in a town of 60,000 people. She's an amazing entrepreneur, a switched-on leader, a creative thinker, and one of the gifts she brings to us is the power of understanding systems. So welcome to the stage, my good friend, Nikki Groff. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Have a seat. Um, I, I love I love what Nikki has done from a leadership standpoint with her husband Mike, and why we why we gave the award last night is they're really passionate about feeding uh, the livelihood of their LOs, you know, and they do about 120 million dollars a month with 100 LOs. Uh, they're just consistent and rocking and supporting their team, and I'm glad we get to spend some time together. Me too. So um, you you have been an elite for three years, and you are. Without question, if we had an award for the best implementer on the planet, I would give that to you. <laughs> Seriously, because you take ideas and, and you make them work. Let's talk about the big idea of what you wanted to bring to the stage today, which is that whole period of time up front that most LOs do not have a plan of action and what you guys are doing at your company and how you're running that. Well, when you asked me... Um to talk about a breakthrough, and then you asked me what I wanted to speak about. That's exactly where, um, where I went with that. And what happened was, is I've been with the lead actually for two years. This is my second year. Um, I was really taken back um, when I went to one of your ALEs, and I saw the first elite group together, and how much they bonded because they were sharing ideas. And for me, I always tell my husband, I, I don't come up with these ideas that we implement. I steal them from other people. And I love being able to be a part of this group of top producers because not only are we able to take these amazing ideas from them, but typically they've already put them in place in motion. So we have the ROI coming back to us already. And so we know that these work. And one of those things that I really wanted to implement inside our business was what would it look like if we spent more time on our leads and the conversion from when we talk to a borrower and take an application to getting a contract. And the funny thing is, is I was going through those Poulter ratios in our company. And so we started working on a system to be able to um, come up with what a Poulter ratio would be between a lead to an application and an application to a closing. And then we set, did an average for the company. And then we went ahead and we took the top 20% of our loan officers and we put the averages of what those pull-through ratios were. So we had a benchmark and then we had a goal. And what it did is it allowed me to take a look at where could we move that needle by just doing a couple things different to increase pull-through ratios. Is it between lead to application or is it from application to closing? And what we found was most of our loan officers had, a, I call it low-hanging fruit, an opportunity to convert more leads into those applications. And I stole some of the ideas of some of the elite members on putting a campaign in place that would help move that needle. 
And so I, when I went and interviewed our actual top loan officers, and yes, Cindy Bradley, I'm calling you out on this. Um, I said, Cindy, your pull-through ratios are really high. What are you doing between your leads to your applications? And she looked at me and she goes, oh, shit. And I'm like, what does that mean? She said, nothing. She goes, we, we do the consultation. I sit down with the customer. We build that connection. But then I sit and I wait for them to bring me the contract. And so in my mind, you know, the light bulb moment was, well, if she's already successful doing nothing, what if she did something? So, so listen to this before Nikki tees off on it. I want you guys to be 100% transparent with yourself. I want you to own this in one of the biggest ways you've ever owned anything. And it's the question, if level 10 is perfect, like Olympic, like you're kicking butt in this area, measure how good you are from that contact to, and then whatever your next point is. Is it, is it a prequal? Is it an application? And, and what does that look like? Because I'm telling you right now, most of you, and, you, and, and if you don't, you, you, you will, and you'll know it, and you'll feel it by, by Friday, but you know, from the time that that loan goes in, if you're doing everything else right, and we have a triggered submission, um, most of those loans should be approved and closed, right? So north of 85, 90% should be the number you, you, you look at. So if that is true, and that is static, and that is operationally how you're delivering, then the number that matters the most is the front end number. The front end. The front end. It's the biggest number that most of us in this industry are overlooking. Well, and I see um, day after day, loan officers spending time, energy, and money on going out and getting leads and feeding their pipeline. But what I don't see is once those leads come in and you take your full application, how much time and energy and money you're spending on keeping those clients. So what if we didn't have to add another referral partner? What if your current referral partners didn't have to send you another, you know, an additional lead over the, what they were giving you last year? But we could work harder, we could work smarter and not harder, and we could actually have a higher pipeline number and what would be required out of us to do so. And with going ahead and adding in a lead campaign and putting in a strategic um, task that you would want to communicate with your customer to continue to grow that relationship and that connection, what if we also included the customer's experience in that? Yeah. So what do you, let's, let's, talk, um, um, let's talk about, firstly, what you then did? What, what kind of tracks did you lay? What do the campaigns look like? You know, you have some omni-channel thinking about texting and voicemail and whatnot, mm -hmm. but... Well, I'll work, you know, I'm, we always talk about high trust, high touch, and then high tech. Yeah. And it's interesting because we see a lot of people do it backwards, and high tech is the first thing they work with. So going back with the high trust, high touch, and high tech, being able to utilize all of it, because I look at technology as helping us stay organized, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm very disorganized at home, therefore I have to be extremely organized at work. <laughs> and I use technology to help me do so. And that's where we looked at that camp the campaigns. Yes, there's gonna be a foundation of some automatic um, campaign where you're giving out information to your customer, but what if we go ahead and we add a campaign that's high touch, and what would that look like? And how would we do it to where we could have it to where it could be measurable, systemizable, and have the ROI that we're looking at for profit. And at the same time, have happy clients because my, my saying is, is happy clients, happy life. 
Makes sense. And so how do we keep them happy? And one of the things that I, I really wanted to take a look internally is if I was the client, what kind of communication, what kind of high touch would I want from my loan officer that would help me stay engaged in looking for homes and staying with my current lender? So last night when we were talking about emotional connection, we were talking about empathy, <clears throat> excuse me, empathy and, uh, and, and relationship, those two things coming together and then supporting that with connection. What, what I think is, is powerful about Nikki's question is every time I have an interaction with the customer, do they feel special? Do they feel joy, safety, security? Do they feel honored, treated with respect? Do they feel even blown away, surprised, and just kind of wow, right? I mean, that's the whole client experience. So I, I want you guys to, to hear, especially over the next 15 minutes, how you should lay this out. But before I let Nikki roll with this, I, I want you to do kind of a little exercise, right? So if, if, if we're looking at metrics, if we're looking at, at optics, everybody in this room should be thinking you do not get paid for busy activity only. You get paid for profitable activity only. That's all you get paid for. You do not get paid to talk to people and not convert them. You get paid to talk to people and have them say yes. So what we know in High Trust Coaching is, is in our dashboards, we're asking you to report five things a day. And I want you to be thinking about this and maybe write these down because it's going to play in then to what Nikki says. So the first thing we want you to be mindful of every day is your total number of conversations with potential borrowers. Okay, so that's the, that's the top number. That number can be supported by two ecosystems. One is the customers you have previously served, done business with, closed a loan for, your database, the living, breathing life of your ecosystem, how many conversations are taking place there? And then the other subcategory of total conversations is how many referrals from your partners? Borrowers that are anticipating buying a home in the next one to two years that have the capacity, the desire, and the ability to buy real estate. And when I say one to two years, I'm talking about one to two years because this nurturing thing is gonna be hugely important. So those are three things we wanna measure. The fourth thing we wanna measure is based on all those, what is the percentage of those that lead to a trid triggered loan into processing? I want to measure that. And that is a convertible number, right? And then the fifth number, which should theoretically take care of itself, is the number from approval to closing. And what should that look like? So at first glance, about 97% of coaching students do not know those numbers. And then within a very short period of time, they're getting triggered every day from us to report those numbers. And what I want you to realize is that for every 1% conversion on the front end of conversations to trid triggered submissions is about $2,400 a month to you. So if I can take what Nikki's about to talk about and I can watch my conversion go up 
three, four, five, six, maybe 8% over the course of a year, when I have an 8% lift over my current conversion, I'm talking about an extra, you know, if you really think about it, about $18,000 a month. Correct. So the question is, are you busy and doing more and talking to new leads, or are you really taking care and talking to the people that you've spent time, energy, and money connecting with? This is unbelievably huge to all of us in this room. If you're a business owner, you do not get paid <clears throat> for wasted labor. Not a minute that doesn't materialize into ROI produces any shareholder value. So the question is, we have to become really, really good at follow-up. 